So you know how you will review a show for me? Just review this show. The show. The podcast. You nailed it. No. <laughs> also, it's nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. But is that for Google? Google. Yeah. So on last week's episode, I took you inside my depression, and you survived. Yes. This week, I thought I would give you some more outlined information on depression, the different types, the symptoms, and some ways to identify and work through the issue. If you or a loved one have depression or have ever suspected you have depression, this will be a really informational listen. Check it out. Hey, 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 hey. Coming to you live from my bedroom floor. Because there's a rug down here, and there's a blanket on the bench at the foot of my bed that my friend Orlando placed in my room when he made over my bedroom. Because he's a great guy, and I love him. And here I am. Let's talk about depression, shall we? If you listened to last week's episode, then you heard me in the midst of a depressive episode. It wasn't actually last week, though. It was from June. I feel fine right now. I've been taking care of myself. I've been on medication, all of which does not keep me from... (laughs) All of which does not keep me from having depression. I've had some depression, but right now I feel fine. And... And honestly, for the extent that I've had it, I have bipolar too. You've heard me talk about that before, but it's essentially bipolar disorder that is sort of characterized by Gertie. No, I'm going to tell you about Gertie in a second. That's my cat. Um, It's categorized, characterized. Oh, Gertie. Uh, with pronounced depression and less mania. In fact, it's like a less pronounced form of mania called hypomania. So it looks a lot like depression. Um, so I have a lot, I have decades worth of experience with depression and, uh, I know it well, I can feel it when it happens quite quickly. I want to share some of that insight with you. I also still get it from time to time, but Thankfully, it never lasts for that long. And if it lasts for too long, essentially, I there's a three-day rule. And after three days, I, I watch myself closely. And then if it gets to a week, I call my doctor. But it hasn't gotten to a week in, since I've been on this medication. So it's all good. Anyways, quick note about Gertie. Just, God forbid I stay I stay stay on task. Gertie has been an indoor cat for most of her life. And I have felt really guilty about it because she wants to be an outdoor cat. And I was keeping her from that because of my anxiety. And then my friend Natalie, who's like a pet whisperer, said to me a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, I'm going to tell you something you don't want to hear, which actually right now I'm in a phase of my life where I'm like, no, I do want to hear it. And she said, I think Gertie should be an outdoor cat. And I was like, man, Natalie, I'm not even going to argue with you. I think you're right. I think she really wants that. And then Gertie accidentally was left outside for several hours last week 
And you know what? She didn't go anywhere. She was sitting there at the door waiting for me. And I thought, let's just give this cat the life she wants. Uh, within reason, obviously. I don't let her out after dark. <laughs> I'm working on it. Anyways, so she's become an outdoor cat, so now she cries when she wants to go out. So if you hear her crying, that's why, because I'm not going to let her out during the podcast, because then I'll be thinking about her out there instead of me in here. Sorry, Gertie. We'll do it when we're done. When this is a wrap, Gertie, you'll go outside and not a moment before. Now that you've heard about Gertie's big day out, I'm going to walk you through some of the different types of depression as well as some common symptoms. I'll also talk a bit about the difference between depression and sadness and explain why depression is not laziness and the danger of that comparison. Okay, so depression, clinical depression, is something that affects more than 23 million adult Americans a year. So that's a lot. So a lot of us have it. Um, There are all different types. I want to focus mostly on clinical depression rather than situational depression, but I'm going to talk about both. Obviously, as a woman, most of my focus, since this is an autobiographical podcast, is about women in depression. So there's more information out there for men with depression. Obviously, a lot of it is the same, but I think like generally because men sometimes aren't as comfortable talking about their emotions, they haven't even identified that they have it. And symptoms that can get pronounced with men are sometimes different than the symptoms that get pronounced with women. So my comfort zone has more to do with clinical depression with women. That's mostly what we're going to talk about. But a lot of this is applicable. Applicable? Applicable. They both sound great. It's the same word. At least I got the word right. Man, that's a win. I'll take that win any day. There are a ton of different types of clinical depression. And clinical depression is something that can be caught, you know, is is depression that can be caused by genetics, brain biology, and brain chemistry. And then there's situational de- depression that has to do more with like life events such as trauma, death of a loved one, or a friend, or a relationship ending, like a divorce, even stress can cause it. So anyways, there's, there's major depressive disorder, which is the most common bipolar disorder, like I mentioned, can often, well, the two poles are depression and mania. (laughs) So it shows up there. Seasonal affective disorder. Is it cloudy out and you're sad? You might want to look into that. Postpartum depression, very much more talked about thing now, which is great. And then there's, I did a little research, there's premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is essentially a severe form of PMS. So if you can connect your symptoms to to something specific within what I just said, that might that might help you. Otherwise, let's just talk about let's just talk generally about depression. A couple things I want to say about it. It's not just sadness. You know, I think a lot of times people will say to me, "Yeah, I'm depressed." You know, 
so sad. It's like, well, sadness is can definitely come come into the picture, obviously, but it goes beyond that. And and honestly, speaking from experience, super severe depression, oftentimes there is it's like a complete lack of emotion. So it doesn't even feel like sad. It just feels like everything is depressed, like everything is slowed down. So just because you're sad doesn't necessarily mean you're depressed, but it might. The American Psychiatric Association sort of has a list of signs and symptoms and and a whole host of other organizations do as well. But generally, if you think you have depression, you want to look at if you've had at least five of these symptoms for more than two weeks. Give us the symptoms, please, Jen. (laughs) Feelings of sadness, like I said, it does show up. Tearfulness, emptiness, or hopelessness. That's not great. Angry outbursts, irritability, or frustration, even over small matters. Been there. Loss of interest or pleasure in most or all normal activities such as sex, hobbies, or sports. I also find that uh, like pizza and McDonald's french fries and ice cream don't taste like anything when I'm depressed. That's one of my major indicators. So like what you'll find is like as you get to know your really what your symptoms are and what your telltale signs are, like I, I, I that's how I know so fast. I'm like, huh, this doesn't taste good or... I always love this shirt on me. Why does it look so awful today? That that sort of thing. Sleep disturbances, huge one, whether that's insomnia, not being able to fall asleep, not being able to stay asleep, or wanting to sleep all the time. And the problem with that is like, it, it's sort of a, um, it's a vicious cycle because like, if you're not like sleeping and, you know, going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time and having consistent sleep and getting the amount of hours of sleep you need every night that can trigger something, but also it's a sign that you might have something tiredness and lack of energy. So even small tasks take an extra effort. That's a, that's a big thing for me where I just feel like everything is slowed down even uh, another symptom is slow, slowed movements or, or speech. So, and those all sort of connect together. So like you could even probably hear in last week's episode, like where I go from talking like this to like, it just like hurts to talk and it kind of hurts to think, you know, and then it's like the idea of like walking, you're just like, how the fuck am I going to do that? Taking a shower, brushing your teeth, it feels like you've been asked to do everything you normally do while wearing like a 50 pound backpack and ankle weights. And they're like, just go on about your business. And you're like, uh, (laughs) I can't lift my arm. So look out for that. Reduced appetite and weight loss or increased cravings and weight gain. So Again, which is just such an interesting thing with with uh, with mental health issues is like sometimes it's one thing. Sometimes you're sleeping a lot. Sometimes you're not sleeping enough. Sometimes you're eating too much. Sometimes you don't want to eat anything at all. I think the the takeaway there is like if your eating habits have changed, that could be a sign. So definitely something worth paying attention to. Anxiety, you know, 
obviously. Those are very tied for a lot of people. Definitely very tied for me. Difficulty thinking, concentrating, or making decisions. That's a big one. And also what will prevent me from actually being able to go to work when I'm really depressed because I, I literally cannot concentrate. And it's like something that is normally so easy, just like an easy decision just becomes really, really hard. And then obviously in severe cases, thoughts of death or suicide. So if you or someone you know is exhibiting these symptoms for an extended period of time or at least five of them, I I mean, in my mind, like three of these seem like you, you know, you may want to identify it because you're here for me and I have, I have a little bit more personal stuff. You know, we, I did an episode on my emotional rating system, which is something I do to track my moods and especially because of bipolar two, because there are elevated moods and depressed moods. It's important for me to be able to identify how I'm feeling. Um, so I will give myself a number. So really it's a one to 10 scale, 10 being too high, too high, hypomanic, um, 7.8 is the perfect mood for me, five and below. I can, you know, that I categorize that as, as depression, you know, five is like teetering. And then as it gets down, it gets bad. So, so for me, it's like I was saying at a five, it's not awful. It just doesn't feel quite right. And those things, like, like I mentioned, pizza doesn't taste as good as I remember pizza tasting. And I don't necessarily feel mad or sad. I just feel this like yearning to be satisfied. Like the normal things that satisfy me don't satisfy me. When I'm more in the threes, so like, you know, a little bit stronger depression, a lot of times there's there's a situational catalyst for that. Something has happened. I'll talk about situational catalysts in a minute. I definitely cry more. I feel agitated and I want to be alone. Nothing really feels like it will help, but I'm, I have enough energy to be mad. When it gets into the twos and below, it's bad. And those tend to come out of nowhere for me where I'll just wake up feeling like that. Maybe you've had this happen before too, where you're just like very listless. Like you just wake up and you're just like, I don't even know how I'm going to talk today. I'm definitely not going to get out of bed. I'm not sad. I'm completely without emotion physically can't move or talk. I'm not hungry. I'm not tired. I liken it to it being like your soul went on vacation and you didn't get to go. And that is not a place to stay. Like if I'm, if I'm like that for three days, I'm going, I'm calling the doctor. Um, like if I, you know, I said, I said after a week, but if it, but usually after three days it tapers. But if I feel like that, I got to go. I, I can't remember that lasting more than 48 hours for a long time. So, you know, like it, it's been years and years and years since I've had that last for a long time, but I have, and it's fucking scary. <laughs> so don't let that happen to you. You know, also just like now, as you've heard me explain some of this, because I do think it's really important to note that it's not just sadness. You know, I think that's just like the one thing that people equate it to, but it is, you know, a depression of symptoms of your brain. So your everything gets slowed. And man, as creatives, 
even rougher, right? I mean, it's rough for everybody, but I think like what 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 we're trying to pull from emotionally for our professions, um, it can get really scary when that goes away. But the important thing to note after looking at these symptoms is depression isn't laziness. I repeat, depression isn't laziness. I identified as a lazy person for a long time because I didn't know what I had. I've asked my parents if they thought I was lazy. They said I, they didn't seem to think so, but I kind of remember that coming up in conversation when I didn't get a job and couldn't pay my own way until I was in my late 20s. I had someone, uh, I was describing a depressive episode on Instagram probably over a year ago, and I had someone message me and say, in in my country, we just call that laziness. And it, and I, no one had said it to me like that before. And it just, I was shook because I was like, oh my gosh, how many people are being subjected to that where they're in all of this pain, emotional and physical pain and distress. And they may be being told that they're lazy. Well, it's not. I actually, I mean, I'm a highly productive person. I know lots of people that have depression that are anything but lazy. But if you know someone with depression, it's really important not to make that comparison. And if you are someone with depression, it's really important that you clarify that for people that although my listlessness and lack of energy and efficacy may make me seem lazy, but I'm not. I'm suffering. And I would want, I would give anything not to be laying here right now. So another thing that comes up a lot, even for me, but I think is a big question for people is like, is this, is this a bad mood or is this depression? Is this a situational depression or is this clinical depression? All of that can feel very similar, you know, I mean, a lot of the things that I've, that I described, the symptoms that I described, um, you may feel when you're in a bad mood, you would definitely feel it when you're in a situational depression, which is like I mentioned earlier, more about something that's brought on by a traumatic event, like a divorce, loss of a job, retirement, death of a friend or family member, a serious accident. Usually the those symptoms will show up within about 90 days of an event if it's a situational depression. Also, situational depression can normally pass on its own if you take care of yourself, take care of your mind and your body, you exercise, you sleep, you eat the right things, and you talk to someone, whether it's a friend, a loved one, or a therapist, it will probably pass even faster. With clinical depression, it lingers. So it it may be that nothing will help it outside of like intense therapy and medication and like a whole mood management protocol. So that's another great, great way to know. I mean, and again, for me, I've had like them stack up, you know, it's like I got a divorce. I definitely felt depressed because of the situation and sad. And I also was not on medication and suffer from clinical depression due to the bipolar. And so it was all happening at once. And I knew that in order to feel well, I would have to clean up my act totally. 
which I did, which took a long time. It's been like two years. Um, it didn't take two years, but it took almost two years, but it got better. You know, it didn't, it didn't, it, I didn't feel bad for two years and then it happened. I'm trying to give you hope, but I don't know if I'm giving you hope. <laughs> Once I started dealing with it, I felt a little bit better every day. And then the next thing I knew, I felt great. And then of course there's just a bad mood, you know, stress, stress at work. That can also look and feel like depression. To me, the length of time that it lasts and the ability to, that you have to just sort of shake it, shake it off. I would sing the song, but I don't know if I could get the rights from Taylor. Taylor Swift, we're best friends, so I just call her Tay-Tay. You know, usually if you're in a bad mood and you eliminate sort of the stressor or even just like go get some sun in your eyes, um, take a walk, hang out with a friend, even eating ice cream, usually the bad mood can be eradicated. That doesn't happen with depression. So hopefully that helps sort of differentiate it in your mind. The treatment for situational depression can look a lot like that for, for clinical or physiological depression. So it's just that you may, if you don't have that genetic chemical physiological issue, then you, you can clear it up and it may, you may never have it again. Whereas if you have clinical depression, like you, you can clear it up, but it can come back and it usually does. Don't, 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 but that's okay. Life wouldn't be as interesting without it. Would it? I don't think so, but I don't really have a choice. Hello. Do I sound calm to you? Do you want to know why? Because I've been using the Calm app. Remember I told you about it a few episodes ago? And I had just gotten it, and I had become obsessed with the little circle that lights up and tells you how to breathe? Which I still love a lot. Well, I'm back to tell you more and to draw you in to the calming world of calm dot com <laughs> they they were named like the number one app for sleep meditation and relaxation which seems like a lot in one but i told you last time there's so much to this app it like whether you want to do anti-anxiety stuff or you're having trouble sleeping or staying asleep or you forget how to breathe like I do sometimes. Um, there's so much here. This time I found um, in their sleep section, they have sleep stories, which I think is basically code for here, here are some things that are so soothing that they will put you to sleep even though they're not meant to. And if you don't know who Bob Ross is, you should Google him. He had an epic painting show on what I'm guessing is some sort of public television in maybe the 70s or 80s that uh, everyone I know was obsessed with. Well, those are on here. You can listen to him talk about how he paints. And I promise you, it's very relaxing. Anyways, whatever you're going to use it for, you should use it. I really, 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 really highly recommend. And you know, I wouldn't do that if I didn't think it was cool. You should see me. You should see me. I, I bat 
I bat them away. People, they they want to get on JG, okay? And I'm just like, no, if I don't think it's good, I'm not going to talk about it. This I know is good. And I know that so many of us are suffering. And I also know, even just aside from like diminishing anxiety and dealing with sleep stuff, the meditation, like how much that has changed for me. And I'm not great at meditating yet, but having an app to kind of prompt you and help you through it definitely has made a difference. Um, and I want you to have that difference too. So here's the important part for a limited time. JGOK listeners can get 25% off of a calm premium subscription at here we go. Calm.com C A L M dot C O M slash JGOK. It includes unlimited access to all of Calm's amazing content. Get started today at calm.com slash JGOK. That's C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash J-G-O-K. C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash J-G-O-K. I'll leave it at that. Stay calm, stay cool, stay collected. (laughs) Bye. Okay, now I'm gonna give you some ways to get help. I wanna make sure that you know there are solutions if you're feeling depressed. So what do you do if, you, if you're feeling this way? Uh, you, you ask for help, which is not an easy thing to do. And when I, when I look back on, like when I really, really started identifying feeling depressed, like in my tw- early 20s, um, I definitely didn't ask for help. The help came to me when I had a small nervous breakdown, which I chronicle I think in the Gen Me Bipolar episode, one of the early, one of my earlier episodes, you know, even now, and certainly within the last like five years, not only did I not ask for help, I oftentimes refused it. So not to say that I'm a, that, that I would take all of this advice, but I would at least want someone to tell me. And if this is something that you suspect you have and you've never really fully addressed it, then you absolutely need to ask for help. Listen, start with someone you're super comfortable with, a friend or family member, especially if you know someone who has any experience with this. But honestly, you can just go to your doctor. Like you don't have to go right to to a psychiatrist, although I think if if you if it turns out that you actually have depression, I would recommend you go to one because they the, the drugs that you take for mental health issues, it's complicated. Gertie, it is not time. They offered me a studio. They did. I don't I don't want this to be any reflection on Girl Boss. They're wonderful. They offered me two really beautiful studios. And I was like, I want to do it at home. Because I like to hear birds chirping in the background, but this cat just won't quit. Anyways, it can get, you know, there's there's a fair bit of trial and error. So I would say as a phase one, talking to a friend or family member, and then she's not even, Gertie's not even in the room. She's outside of the room. She sounds like she's right here. This microphone's so strong. And then just going to your family doctor, or your GP, and hopefully you you trust that doctor. They can do like a very top line psych evaluation on you and ask you some questions and 
I believe, no, I don't believe, I know for sure because I read it in three different articles just to be sure that, that they can prescribe an antidepressant for you. I guess for me, because I didn't have the best experience with that. I mean, it was good in that the, a family doctor prescribed Prozac and then the Prozac helped. It's just eventually the Prozac did not help. It actually made it worse because I had bipolar and not depression. And when you treat bipolar just with an antidepressant, it exacerbates the bipolar. But this doctor didn't know that because he didn't know me. He just saw me, saw that I was clearly depressed and medicated me. I would recommend a protocol, but as a step one, just start somewhere, right? And then if it turns out that you have something, I would highly recommend finding a therapist and finding a psychiatrist and dealing with it. And then identifying, do you need medication? What kind of medication? And what else can you be doing to feel better? Lucky for you, I have a whole episode on that too. As it turns out, a lot of the episodes that I've recorded before this this episode laid a great groundwork. So I, I would say go back and listen to them because there's a lot you can do just with your lifestyle, what you put in your body, what you don't put in your body, what you do with your body, what you don't do with your body that can create a healthier baseline for you. Um, that I can absolutely attest to. One thing I wanted to say when it comes to medication is that is not, it is not a sign of weakness and it is also not something that you necessarily have to be on for your whole life, especially if it's situational depression. Like it, it is just an aid. And if you had diabetes, you wouldn't say, well, I don't think I want to take anything for this. You would take it. So be open-minded about that. It really, it has absolutely changed my life. And as someone who has been on and off medication, my quality of life is a hundred times better when I am on it. So I guess I just wanted to say like, if, if this is like, if this mood, um, like if you're feeling any of those things and you're feeling weepy or you have thoughts or feelings that don't feel right to you, deal with it now. Don't wait for something else to happen. Just, just start, just, just ask for help. There's, there are people, I'm sure there's someone, at least one person that, that would want to help you. And even if they're not the one that ultimately delivers the highest level of help, they can get you to that next person and so on and so forth. Okay. Well, we covered we covered a lot. We covered a lot there. Gertie is now in the room. Gertie, do you have anything to say? Oh. <laughs> what else, Gertie? Do you want to say hello to everyone? Okay. Well, she's just going to lay on my clean laundry now and get her cat hair all over it so that I can clean it again. And I will leave you with that visual except for I'll be back to close out the episode with a more articulate version of myself. And then after that, I'll be back with an after show. So I'm actually not leaving you. We're just taking a break. Okay. But we're not on a break. We're taking a break. We're still together. Together forever. Love you. Bye. As always, thank you for listening. I truly hope this sort of information helps you feel better 
helps you feel less alone, and reminds you that support and solutions are all around us. They come in the form of friends, loved ones, support groups, doctors, therapists, and ourselves. I would also encourage you to continue to inform yourself on your illness. This will help you communicate your symptoms to your doctor, as well as give you a solid baseline to be able to open up meaningful conversations about the issues with those closest to you. Talking about it is such a positive, cathartic experience, and it serves the really important purpose of destigmatizing mental illness. The more you know, the easier it will be for you to have honest, rational conversations. Also, Bring Change to Mind, a nonprofit organization dedicated to encouraging dialogue about mental health, has a really cool talk tool on their website where you can choose the mental health issue you are hoping to discuss and then who you want to discuss it with. And then it gives you tools to help facilitate a meaningful conversation. I think it's really great, so you should definitely check it out. And just a reminder that if you are new to the podcast, I have episodes on bipolar disorder, anxiety, therapy, managing emotions, and lots of other subjects that might enrich your mental health journey. Check them out, tell a friend, and most importantly, if you or a loved one is contemplating suicide, contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. If someone is actively suicidal, call 911 stay with them until help arrives or drive them to the nearest emergency room. Okay, have a great week. I'm going to go eat an avocado. Bye. Okay, time for an exciting announcement. Girl Boss Radio is going to be launching a brand new limited series podcast called In Progress. It's in partnership with our friends at Toomey, and if you're a person with plans to do a thing or two in life, it's not to be missed. Over the course of 10 episodes, some of the best and brightest women will be taking a deep dive into their personal and professional journeys, discussing everything from productivity hacks to relationships to self-care. The series kicks off on September 28th, and you don't want to miss a single one, so be sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's in progress, coming soon. What do you know about the after show? It's the JG, okay? <laughs> I don't like this. Let me try it again. Don't cut this, though. All right, let's do it again. Do it now, and we'll do it live. One, two, three, four. What do you know about the after show? It's the JG, okay, after show. You don't know about the after show, but it's the show after the show where I'm going to tell you about somebody else you don't know that I think you should know. Hello and welcome to the one and only award-winning JG OK After Show. It's the show after the show. It's the show you don't know, but also I'm worried that you don't know who Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians are. Because I talked to two people today that love music and didn't know. Granted, they're younger than me. But then I got worried that you haven't heard Edie. And it's important that you listen to her because she was, she was very important to me in my life growing up. And 
I'm Googling her. I'm stalling because I'm go- she's married to Paul Simon. You definitely know who that is, Simon and Garfunkel. But um, if you could please listen to Shooting Rubber Bands at the Stars. That's the album, 1988. Ghost of a Dog is great as well i think her later albums are probably really good but those are the two that uh really had an impact on me so please 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 listen and report back Ugh, i'm just looking at the that all the songs on there it's so good you're welcome i'm so glad i could bring this to you okay bye